0: Welcome into Episode 2 of The Owen Show. I am your host, Owen Burke, joined by my co-host, Tim Hunt, as usual. I mean, not as usual yet, but we're getting there. We'll be usual soon enough. Exactly, yeah, I agreed. So, um, welcome to Episode 2, guys. Uh, You guys did great on Episode 1. Got some feedback from some people, so we're going to change some things up. We're going to try to keep it to a little bit of a shorter show today. Uh, I think we pushed it with the two hours, but with two guys that... Love to talk about sports. I've I've had this issue for years. Like, we got
1: excited and we kind of rambled on for this, too long. We're going to tighten up. Yeah,
0: this is no new like new thing to me at all. I did this when my first couple shows doing the cave at Butler and doing my own show at the house, and then like each time it's a with a different co host. There's a different time frame that you got to try to work yourself down to so going for two hours hopefully we can get it down to an hour and a half today bottom line we're going to be under 145 for sure so
1: absolute gold tonight yeah
0: that's that is the 100 percent. i can guarantee we'll be out of here for then we're going to try to get to an hour and a half but it may take us that third show to bump down the extra 15 minutes so before we get into it a big shout out to the fans obviously like i said you guys did great on episode one you guys have been keeping up with the mansion episode two is officially out now uh, one of one will come out tomorrow, and then episode two of BDL season two will come out this Friday. We didn't put out an episode last week, had some issues with the audio, kind of went sideways on us. So, episode two didn't happen last week. Episode so now all episode twos are this week. We're all on the same page now. Nice, and so, clean. so Sam's uh, The Mansion is out. Uh, we're out today, obviously, on Wednesday. Uh, Shay will be out tomorrow, and then on Friday, we'll get your regular BDL episode out to you guys. So, um, also, big shout out to Anchor. Again, none of this stuff is possible without Anchor, your one-stop shop for podcasting, no minimum listenership for ads, um, and you can do everything from your phone. You can record, write your description, uh, you know, put your cover art and post to three or four different apps right from your phone, man. It is, the, it is the king of simplicity when it comes to starting your own podcast. So make sure y'all check out Anchor if you're wanting to get into doing your own shows as well. Um, and another big thank you also to Spatial Audio. Based on Dolby Atmos is an immersive sound sound audio format that enables musicians to mix music so it sounds like the instruments are all around you in the space. Thousands of Apple Music songs are already available in spatial audio as of last week, such as Lady Gaga's "Rain On Me" and Kanye West's "Black Skinhead." Spatial audio is available to all Apple Music subscribers at no additional cost. The streaming music service costs $9.99 per month for individuals. $4.99 per month for students and $14.99 per month for families of up to six people. 75 million songs, the world's most popular playlists, early access to new music, unlimited skips, expert curated playlists, exclusive content, download and listen offline, always ad free. Uh, to sign up today, go to services, access your iTunes music, pay by month, not by song. So big shout out to them as well. I remember when that first happened um like going through and listening to the different they have a couple tracks that like they kind of walk you through the changes so there's a Marvin Gaye song that they have and a couple other ones Where it's like, this is what it sounded like when it first released back, you know, back when it was released originally. And then this is what you're used to. This is what you've been listening to the last 15 to 20 years in headphones. This is what the future is going to be with this spatial audio. And to listen, like, as the upgrades go through is ridiculous.
1: I mean, honestly, like, for audio, this is the color to black and white stage, right? 100%. Compared to photos, like, this is the next level. This is, like, the next best thing that we're going to see for a long time coming up. I would
0: almost argue that it's, like, and I hope it sticks, like... It's almost like we went from black and white to color, and this is kind of like 3D. 3D, and it's Ooh, like, yeah, this is the this is cutting edge. This is first time 3D IMAX. That's what spatial audio is. So, uh, it's definitely been a huge game changer. If you like to listen to music at headphones, like I love, like usually I'm usually a one AirPod guy. I like mm-hmm. to be able to hear what's going on around me and everything. When I'm at home, I have to put both in, especially if it if it has Dolby, if it has that that spatial audio on it, which. Not every song is yet, so when when I see that it's got that logo on that album that I'm listening to, I'm like, all right,
1: I'm putting both in because mm-hmm. that the experience really does next take, level, next yeah, level
0: takes takes a notch up. So, what are we starting with this week?
1: Uh, we're gonna start previewing kind of the games that we dealt with uh, last week. Um, okay. We added a few in there. Um, you're going to have to forgive us if we're a little bit tired. Uh, it's 2.30. Yeah. We got home last night at like 5.30 in the morning. We've been doing overnights the last two nights. So yeah. uh, if our takes are a little bit hotter, you know, <laughs> that might be why we might be running on, you know, sugar and caffeine right now and not a lot of sleep. But
0: yeah, You heard me stumble in the ad a couple times. I'm I'm trying
1: to wake up still. Yeah, so. we're, we're getting in the groove. Uh, first game we're going to start out with is the Titans and the Seahawks.
0: Man, this game... I think these teams, honestly, like the Seahawks had a good game last week. It was the Colts, but they opened up week one strong. Titans, the exact opposite. They got absolutely pummeled by the Cardinals last week. Both teams, well, the Seahawks wanted to continue. Titans trying to rebound. The Titans did just that. The Seahawks had it early. I think they were they were up 14 even in the fourth quarter at one point. And somehow the Titans were able to run the ball and still – they were behind two touchdowns and ran
1: the ball and it worked.
0: And yeah. they were able to win the game.
1: Still. It, this is one of those ones. One, I feel bad for because I feel like a lot of people flip this game off because at halftime it felt over. Oh, it was yeah, it was done. Tennessee, Tennessee had no juice again. Uh, they didn't at the come start out of the gate fourth. Hot. It yeah, was still
0: over at that point.
1: This is one of those few times. Like this isn't something Tennessee will be able to consistently do because yeah. you can't run the ball from behind and expect to win games. Like it, not it's, every time. Yeah, it's not going to happen but consistently.
0: You can slip it because you have Derrick Henry and it works. And and he was yeah. one of the obviously the biggest catalyst in this game. He had like seven fantasy points at halftime. Like he had like under 50 rushing yards, not doing great. He ended with, I think it was 160 yards. 182 yards and three touchdowns. And he also had five carries. He had five catches for like 50 yards out of the backfield as well. So he was extremely involved in the offense. And so, yeah, he goes from like seven halftime fantasy points to like, I think I saw he scored like 47 on one of my teams. So a monster game from him. Like, I, like you said, it's not sustainable. You can't, like, all right, we're down 14, hand the ball off. It doesn't work a majority of the time. Right. You run into a team that has that stout interior on defense.
1: Like, if you were playing Tampa, that's not working. Yeah, that's... or L.A. or the Rams in that case. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of teams where you're not going to be able to do this. Um, I mean, for me... The the sloppiness of play from Ryan Tannehill has got to fix itself. I know he kind of stepped it up and made some plays, but it felt like they were kind of trying to force the ball in some spots a lot of times. I think that speaks to... AJ Brown having nine targets but only three catches on that. Yeah. Yeah, that that's kind of a sign to me that we're trying to get the ball in somebody's hand. It's kinda of like what Cleveland did last year with OBJ. Yeah. They it felt like at times, not last year, two years ago, where they were trying to get him the ball. They were trying to make it around they, somebody. They
0: want him to be involved, yeah. Right. And not and, involved, but for the offense to run through him. Through no him.
1: Way. Right. And you gotta like you gotta pick your spots and know when to do it. Um, and I think that might just take time in Tennessee for them to okay. get in a rhythm, adding Julio into that group and things like that. But yeah, still not quite what you're looking for if you're a Tennessee fan. A lot of people thought they were going to be Super Bowl contenders. I think this win is a good step in the right direction. I don't. For me, it hasn't solidified anything in okay, that aspect. Yeah.
0: It's it's one of those games. Like okay, it's a win. You're not owing to Yes. Now build because this is not where you want to be at. This. Like you said, that's 100%. This is not sustainable. I think them forcing the ball to A.J. Brown a little bit did open it up for Julio. He had a great game. He didn't score a touchdown um, at all, but I think he had like 9 or 10 catches for 100-some yards. He had 6
1: catches, 128 yards. Not a bad game at all. So he's
0: finally involved in the offense. I think that's a far cry from his three targets and one catch in Week 1. So... The offense looked a little bit better. If you look at the second half, you're like, okay, that's the team everyone was expecting Exactly. going into the year. And not even the second half, really, the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, were like, this is the Tennessee team that everyone thought they were going to be. The first three quarters is what we saw in week one, really.
1: Yeah, and I think kind of on Seattle's side of the ball here, um, I mean, last year it was let Russ cook, and then it's kind of like, okay, can we get Russ some kind of help besides him? Um, yeah. Yeah that their run game is just non-existent. No. It's not looking like it's going to it's going to have to run through Russell Westbrook and they're going to be a shootout team this kind of year.
0: Yeah, yeah, Chris Carson had two touchdowns, they're both like 2-yard runs at the goal line. Um so they can't establish the run and I, it comes back around to their offensive line. It's it's the same thing it was last year. They were like, "All right, we have a bottom 50 line." They're like, "Let's resign Tyler Lockett." That's not going to help me right. in the long run. I have running backs that are injured all the time. And I have an MVP candidate quarterback, which he didn't play well down a stretch in the fourth quarter. As much as and as good as the Titans' offense was, Russell Wilson did not play well in the fourth at all. They could not close that game out. Now, like I said, he has the weapons,
1: but if you don't have those five guys that are going to give you time to get the ball to him, it does not matter. You, you become one dimensional to like you, you have to be able to pass the ball, but if you're so dependent on the pass and there's no threat of the run. It, it just is so easy to read what you're trying to do in the offense that, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be very fun for Russell Wilson this year. No, no, um, no. And for how much money they have on that defense, like like 16 points on the Colts was a, a okay performance. But, yeah, 33 here, all in the second half. Yeah, not, not kind of what you want to see. Not super exciting if you're a, a Seattle Seahawks fan, that's yeah, for sure. definitely
0: not. So as far as Russ goes, I mean – they are just going to have to show out again. Like, I think that's the biggest thing that worries me if I'm a Seahawks fan is that the Titans were sending four. Like, they didn't have to blitz at all, and they were getting to, like – and Tennessee does not have a good pass rush. So yeah. it's like – it's a three-headed monster because, like, all right, if they're sending three or four guys each play and they're not blitzing and they're getting to us consistently, that's an issue. If Tennessee is doing that to you, that's a major issue. Because, like, the Rams send four. <clears throat> One of those guys is Aaron Donald. I'm like that four man rush is very Somebody's very. Somebody's going to hit there.
1: Yeah, Aaron Donald's either going to eat up a double team or somebody or, or he's going to get through or beat a double team or beat a double team. <laughs> yeah. Right, like one of those two things is going to happen. Yeah, for so that. for for Tennessee not having the best
0: edge rush or even interior rush in the game for them to rush for and get after Russell Wilson the way they did is a major red flag for their for the rest of their season.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think the Seahawks might might be feeling some heat. I I'm not ready to give up on that team yet though. I still think they're a playoff-caliber team. A Man. lot of people have them missing the playoffs this year. I think it's the 49ers in that division, not them. Uh, I don't think the 49ers will sustain this level of success that they've had so far throughout the season. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about them a little bit later, but, yeah, don't give up on the Seahawks. I mean, Tyler Lockett's playing out of his mind. They really didn't get DK Metcalf super involved in the first half. and they, really, He wasn't super involved in week one. It, it was the Tyler, it's been the Tyler Lockett show for two weeks. Yeah. The bottom line when it
0: comes to the Seahawks, I'm one of the people that doesn't believe they're going to make the playoffs. But in the long run, the bottom line when it comes to Seattle Seahawks is if I have Russell Wilson and he's playing at a high level – anything's possible. Right. Like this team is this team is not out of playoff contention as long as he is the guy that's taking the snaps.
1: It, uh, Russell Wilson is going to be one of those guys to me in like years. I know Colin Cowherd talks about him all the time and there's like some hype men for him, mm-hmm. but he's going to be one of those guys when he retires we're going to be like, "Man, we really didn't appreciate how much this guy balled out all the time." Agreed, yeah. Like he doesn't get enough hype for how much he's able to carry that team. Um I mean, I love Tyler Lockett, but I don't know if he's as good on another team with another quarterback. Yeah, it's got to be somebody with a decent arm. And like, and the fact
0: that he's so successful with that bad of an offense, because you know how deep threats are. Like, right. You can't get 50 yards down the field if those five guys don't hold Russell Wilson up to where he can get a decent ball out to you. So the fact that he's been able to be so successful – while the offensive line has been that bad. And that's that's the mantra for Russell Wilson's whole career. I yeah. mean, that was even... On an
1: underdog his entire career. Yeah,
0: their, the, even the Super Bowl team against Denver the offensive line wasn't great. Von yeah. Miller had his way for a majority of that game. So hopefully that changes because it's not going to get any easier for Russ to move around in the pocket getting older. That's just how life goes as a quarterback, unless you're Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's your one exception.
1: There's there's your one exception, right? There's yeah. always one asterisk. Tom Brady <laughs> seems to be the asterisk more often than not. Yeah, most of the time. Um, next game we're going to jump into is going to be Cowboys Chargers. Um, I I was trying to be a hype man and trying to hold out faith for my Cowboys fans last week. Again, they got, they got away with a team that had I think the Chargers had 99 yards and penalties, had two touchdowns called back, like. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm like, we're not winning pretty, and we're getting a lot of breaks in these yeah, wins. Yeah, and
0: that's the thing. It's like week one, you're like, that's a quality loss. And right. And you look at week two, you're looking for like, this was supposed
1: to be the shootout. Remember I said right. last week, yeah, put we your Cowboys hats on, strap the holsters up, and what is it, 27, 20 to 17? 20 to 17, and then the game winner was a 56-yard field goal that they went off of. Yeah, which, talk about another guy that rebounded from week one. Greg leg
0: couldn't hit the broad side of a barn against yeah. Tampa. This week, he comes out, hits the 56-yard game
1: winner. His third game winner is a Cowboy. And, so And the Cowboys started off hot, and then it kind of just like... It fizzled. It fizzled. and At best. Yeah. And Tony Pollard was like the most explosive person on that offense this week, which is so wild to say with all the people that they have on that team. Yeah. I, I know there's going to be a lot of talk, and we're, we're trying not to do every, the headlines that you're hearing everywhere else. So We're not going to talk a ton of time on Tony Pollard, but... I mean, he looked better than Zeke. I've heard from
0: a majority, not a majority, I've heard from some Cowboys fans that the offense is just more explosive when he's on the field. Yeah. So it may be a time for a change, but good luck trying to find somebody that's going to take that contract. Yeah. And good luck trying to send Zeke to the bench quietly. Neither yeah. of those things are
1: a probability. So for the, for the Chargers, I mean, really, you shot yourself in the foot in this game. 100%. I mean, I mean Herbert played well. I mean, you got decent production out of your backfield. Yeah, they're really, I mean, you had great production out of your wide receivers. Yeah. Excuse me. There isn't a ton more that you could ask for. You know what I mean? Um, besides the penalties, cleaning it up. I mean, it's a first-year head coach, a second-year quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, th- this team is going to develop They're a slowly. very young team. Very young. Overall.
0: So, I mean, I think it's one of their oldest players is their right tackle, Brian Bilago. He's yeah. probably their oldest player on the roster like 36.
1: Keenan Allen's kind of a vet at this point. Keenan
0: Allen's like 30-31. Joey Bosa's getting what? Probably to that 28-29 yeah. range. Somewhere in there. Derwin James is young. Der- obviously Herbert's young. Eckler's young. Um, they drafted all this year. He's young. So they have a lot of young pieces. The future is very bright in LA. It's just... They've got to figure out. It's they got rid of who's their head coach before last year, um, Anthony Lynn. Is that yeah, Anthony Lynn. Yep. They like there was just they couldn't manage the clock to save their fucking lives. Yeah. They just every game they're like, all right, it's a three point game with thirty seconds left. They have to go ninety nine yards to win the game, and somehow the other offense did it. Like the Chargers just invented ways to lose games. And despite the head coaching change, it's still happening.
1: So it's just one of those
0: things that the talents there, you just got to work the kinks out of it.
1: And they, they hired a Sean McVay guy. I think they want this offense to be the focal point. They want it to be more explosive. Yeah. Um, and as time goes on, we'll, we'll see what that develops into. It's got to get cleaned up. The ship's got to get tighter, though. There's there's no, no doubt about that, that we've got to see a lot cleaner. Um, you know, and I'd like to see a little bit less pressure on Justin Herbert, too, for being a second-year guy to throw 41 balls in a game like this. It didn't make a ton of sense for me i would be okay with it if it was the shootout
0: if the end score was 42 35 i'd be like okay yeah you're gonna have to sling the rock but for for you to come out with only 17
1: points and your quarterback's throwing 41 times that's an issue in the long run yeah yeah next game we're gonna talk about here is gonna be the 49ers eagle um and this is this is a game I'm, i'm still hot on the eagles i think again kind of what we were talking about with the chargers first year head coach so i think as the season goes on the coaching will get better the play calling will get better cuz boy there were some wild calls some in this game. some questionable calls yeah you could definitely you watch the play calling like that's a guy that's in his first year for right. sure yeah if if i had told the eagles fans before the year started that Hey, you're going to lose to the 49ers, but it's going to be a one-score game. They'd be they'd be thrilled about like, that. Like I'm 100% okay with
0: that, honestly. Right.
1: And they were able to hold the 49ers offense to only 17 points. There was a lot of things that I thought they did really well. Like that defense is looking they held the Falcons to 6, the 49ers to 7. Like we might be sleeping on the Eagles defense here. That that might be a legit force to deal with going forward. Yeah, agreed. And and I I've never
0: been a huge Jalen Hurts guy. Um I've I've always been one of her one of his bigger critics. I don't think he's a hundred percent the franchise guy there going forward, but what I will say is the more I watch him, the more I feel like I'm wrong. I'm not gonna admit it yet, it is two games into the year. It was the Falcons defense for one of them. The thing that I loved about watching him play in week two the Niners defense is very good. This is it's a known fact. Their edge rush is very good. They get pressure from the inside. They've one of the better interior coverage linebackers in the game and their secondary doesn't have any superstars, but they play well together overall. Outside of having Josh Norman as one of your starting corners, that's an issue. But the thing that I loved watching Jalen Hurts this week against that good of a defense is he did not give the game away. There was I don't think he threw a single pick. I don't think I don't think he fumbled at all. And that's the biggest thing that is one of the harder issues to fix is if you're a young quarterback, is like the hardest thing is not winning the game against a tough defense. It's not giving the game away. Right. Like you see, like, you see, like, you know, which obviously we'll talk about Zach Wilson coming up. Like he going out and throwing four interceptions against Patriots defense. You're not going to win that game. Right. It It is literally impossible for you to throw four and win. And so for Hertz to go out there, Didn't play his best game, but he didn't give the game away. That's a huge plus to me as well. I
1: I think we're seeing a transition in the league of we're going to have the big arm guys, so we're going to have your Mahomes. You're going to have your Justin Herberts of the world. And then I think there's going to be this subclass of guys that, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't Lamar Jackson by any means. He can make plays with his legs, though. He's a big threat running the ball. Again, not Kyler Murray, not Lamar Jackson. But I think he's good enough and a big enough weapon that you can use him in so many different ways. And, you know, he's got to improve on his throwing. We say this with every running quarterback, though. Yeah. But I I think that'll get better the more he plays. This is really, you know what I mean, his second year having full control of the team. Like, this is his team this year. Yeah.
0: This was a play calling loss. They just when when you strike out in the red zone as much as i did i think there were 1 for 3 or 1 for 4 you've got to cash in in the red zone because they they outgained
1: the niners pretty well in a majority of stat categories they just could not finish drives to and, give you to give you a perspective rushing the ball the eagles 151 yards the niners 117 yards throwing was a little bit more even philadelphia 177 uh san francisco 189 so it's a defensive game yeah and like
0: I said, for for you to be locked in that defensive battle and have Jalen Hurts not throw the game away
1: with interceptions, I'm yeah, I I love this loss if I'm an Eagles fan. And and if I expect Kyle Shanahan to outcoach a first year coach, hundred like percent. Kyle Shanahan is definitely a top five coach in the NFL. I
0: expect him to outcoach a majority of the league, yeah, absolutely. especially the first year guys, yeah.
1: Now, on the flip side of that coin, am I thrilled as a 49ers fan? Not, I, I mean, even at 2-0, and it's kind of a scary 2-0 and pedestal to be on. I mean, the Eagles almost beat you. I mean, the Lions put up 33 points on you. Like, yeah, there's... you had
0: the Lions beat until the
1: last two minutes. Right. And then you're like, wait a second, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> this is the greatest comeback in NFL history. And and my problem is this is the easier part of their schedule right here. Yeah. Is this is like a nice soft two games, and you jump right in with Green Bay, right in with Seattle, then Arizona. After that, like you cannot play the way you've been playing and expect to win. No, hundred percent. They
0: play the way they did through the first two weeks. They're going to be two and four. Yes, very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah,
1: it, it'll it'll happen. I mean, I, they got the Colts and the Bears in the middle. That'll that'll calm down a little bit, but. Yeah, they're in the toughest division in football. And really, like, these two weeks is like Alabama playing, you know, whoever, North Dakota State or Mercer. whoever. The, Mercer, exactly. Yeah. Like, you want to go out and ball out and come into these games with a lot of confidence. And if I'm the 49ers, I don't know if I have a ton of that at the no. moment. And that's scaring me because these other teams that you're about to roll into – I mean, the Packers are rolling. The Seahawks are rolling. The Cardinals might be one of the hottest teams in football right now. Yeah, agreed. Like you, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit tough coming up for them. So, um, I don't. I'm not a 49 hater. I swear. I love Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is you know middle okay. of the road. Yeah, he's an okay quarterback. <laughs> he's, okay. he's not great. Um, if if I'm the 49ers, I think I think if they lose the next four games, I think you pull the plug on the season and you play Trey Lance that's why i'm a believer that they don't make the playoffs this year cuz i think you get to a 2 and 3 or a 2 and 4 situation and you're them even if you're 3 and 4 okay, yeah, we can keep Jimmy G in and, and maybe try to make a push and be a 7 seed. Yeah, I was like,
0: you'll slip to 7 with four losses at right. best.
1: So at that point, what's more valuable to me this season or getting Trey Lance a little bit actuated You know what I mean? See what he's like at game speed. Give him an opportunity to grow, make mistakes when there's nothing on the line because we all know next season the, the stakes are going to be high for the 49ers. Yeah,
0: and the last thing I'll say about the Niners in general is when I look – when, when Jimmy G first got traded there, they they flipped the script. They went 5-0 and while he was a starter, and then he tore his ACL against the Chiefs. He's been – it's been a completely different quarterback since then, and it hasn't been a physical thing. I think it's been more mental. He doesn't push the ball down the field. Every deep shot is a lob. It's not really like – there's no accuracy behind it. Yeah. He stands flat-footed in the pocket, so he gets sacked a lot behind one of the better offensive lines in the league. The thing when I was watching him against the Eagles is I saw a little bit of confidence that I haven't seen in a while from
1: Jimmy G. Like yeah.
0: there was there was two I watched I watched a little bit of the game. There was two drives where I saw him throw two balls and I'm like that's not the Jimmy Garoppolo I've seen in the last two. That's or three Jimmy
1: years. G dating a porn star. Right yeah, there. that's that's that kind of swagger. Yeah, that's back.
0: Jimmy G. Not this. I have a <laughs> buddy that's a Niners fan. He's like. What you saw against the Eagles, that was Jimmy G. What we've seen the last two years where he's been playing bad, that's Jimmy Roppolo. Jimmy Roppolo. We don't like Jimmy Roppolo. He was playing like Jimmy G. Now, the stats didn't 100% show it. The volume's not there yet. But I've seen some confidence that I haven't seen in a while. So you have a little bit of things to look forward to. But I agree, overall, you're not very happy. If
1: I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not playing for the 49ers. I'm playing for my next job. Because Trey Lance is going to be the starter next year. Eventually. and, And he knows that. So, to a degree, how all-in is he in on this team? If he is, it's for himself to try to be a starter going forward at his next job.
0: Yeah, the only the only way he keeps the job next year over Trey Lance is
1: if he plays like Aaron Rodgers has. Right. Which is... Not going to happen. Statistically improbable, yes, yeah. Yeah, probably not going to happen at this point. Next game we're going to jump into, uh, Saints and Panthers on this one. Um, boy, oh boy. I was expecting more. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's your headline.
1: Yeah, that was... Uh, so for all of us that were, you know, me included, who fell down the Jameis Winston uh, black hole, I did try to preface it, but I did fall a little bit too in love with the man. Um, yeah, this is what we were talking about with the roller coaster that is Jameis Winston is when it's good, it's good, but when it's bad, it's bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't the worst game that he's ever played. It's not like he was... Super loose with the ball. I mean, only two interceptions. You can't be too upset with that. But you have a rushing touchdown too. I think tonight? so. Yeah, yeah. He, I, did. I, he didn't throw for one, but I thought he ran in. For yeah, he ran for a touchdown. Um, really not kind of what you're looking looking for here. Um, to be 50 percent completion. That offense was on fire, and then this week they they scored one touchdown in the fourth quarter that he ran in it in on. Yeah,
0: and I'll, I I got to give some credit as well to the Panthers defense. They yeah. showed up in a big way. They sacked Jameis four times. They made him uncomfortable. I don't think the playbook really opened up like I wanted it to, which honestly I think it would have been a lot worse if it would have. I think if Sean Payton opens a playbook, we're looking at a 3-4 to interception game because the Panthers' defense just had their number. Matt Rule, you know, the the play calling was there. You could see his influence on this defense. Brian Burns is stepping into his own as that speed rusher off the edge. Jeremy Chin still playing well. J.C. Horn, I think, is second amongst rookies in – Passer rating when thrown his way, so the defense is playing extremely well. And obviously, two big Sam Donald guys in the room, he's played extremely well. And it's it's a miracle what can
1: happen. We have a reliable run game. Well, it's it's a miracle when what oh, happens when you don't play for the New York Jets. I, yeah. it really is really That's what a, that comes double edged sword. To. There. Yeah, but yeah, I I think the Panthers are for real. um I think the way this team is built, I think is is really dangerous. I think you've got a quarterback who's maybe not elite. But really, really good, good enough to win you games. You got Christian McCaffrey, so you got the best running back in the NFL in your backfield, and he's got weapons galore. I yeah. mean, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. He's got Terrence Marshall Jr., who's a rookie this year. It's been
0: one of the bigger hype trains coming out of the the preseason, yeah. rookie wise, when it
1: came to receivers. They're like, this kid's got to be something. He's he's got options to throw to at all times. One hundred percent. 100%. Um, it, it feels like a team where they they just really want Sam Darnold to be a point guard. You know, he doesn't have to make these incredible – and he has been. He's been making some deep bombs. I don't need you to drop 40. I just need you to drop 20 and not have 10 turnovers. Yes. Just don't turn the ball over. Yep. We will win games. I mean, 26 for 38, 305, two touchdowns and interception. I, I mean, I think Carolina's I'm, I'm living, legit. I'm yeah. living with that as a – if I'm
0: the, a Panthers fan, a coach, or anything, I am 100% okay. They, they got the win over the Jets. He got his redemption game out of the way. They came out and they snuck the Saints after them pummeling the Packers last week. They're sitting at a comfortable 2-0 right now.
1: I'm going to I'm gonna add something in here. I'm going I'm to read you the next couple games for the Panthers here. Okay. Texans, Cowboys, Eagles, Vikings, Giants, Falcons, Patriots. Wow. I mean, this team could be—I mean, seven and one. Seven like, and one. I see. I see two or three losses in there, probably. You think? I—I so? I mean, I could potentially. Like, yeah. I'm
0: thinking worst case scenario. I'm seeing three to four. Right. At best, and that's that's an what? That's an eight game stretch overall. Yeah. They're two and zero. Oh. I think they they should handle the Texans. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor's hurt now, so I think that one. If Tyrod Taylor's in, with how well that he was playing, I'm like, okay, maybe the Texans have a shot here. But with Davis Mills in a QB. I think that's a pretty easy win. I think they can handle themselves against the Giants. Yeah, I think
1: Vikings are an easy win. They, Falcons. they should
0: handle the Fal- they, sh- they should pummel the Falcons. They should handle the Vikings pretty well. Let's
1: let's say they lose to the Cowboys. They start the season off seven and one. Like no. I don't think that's crazy at this point in the year for how well this team's been playing. Yeah, and and they're a legit threat to be a wild card team. I don't think they're better than Tampa Bay by any means. But I would watch – I mean, Matt Rule, Coach of the Year. Like you... I, I, We set it for the year. Like I said, if if Sam Darnold
0: doesn't succeed this year, we know what the problem is. Yeah. As much as we don't like the Jets and as much as they are a problem when it comes to quarterbacks, Sam Darnold would have been the problem this year. If if that offense is healthy, there's no issue. He has the best offensive line. It's not a great – it's not a top 10 O-line. It's still top half, top 16. Yeah, They've been getting better. So he has the best O-line he's ever had. He has Robbie Anderson back who had a career year with him in New York. He has DJ
1: Moore and he has the best receiving back in the league in Christian McCaffrey. Like yeah. There
0: is and he has a, a solid defense. This defense is I think is what won them the game this week.
1: And his coach doesn't show up high on cocaine to press conferences. Yeah. Like yeah, like there's a lot of things really rolling for them right yeah, now. Yeah. Agreed. They they look
0: good. Um I think the hardest thing for us going forward is to not jump on that train the way
1: we did with Jameis. Yeah. Because we both like – I like Sam Darnold more than I like Jameis in the long run. I, I would take – like right now, if you ask me, I would take Sam Darnold for the next four years over Jameis Winston. Um, 100%. Yeah. Just because I think Sam Darnold has the the ability to be consistent.
0: Yeah. Jameis the, is always going to be a roller coaster. You're talking about the roller The highs are going to be up there. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple times where Jameis is going to peak a lot higher than Darnold, but there's going to be a lot of weeks where he's going to be peaked a lot lower.
1: Yeah. As well. And we were talking about what would be a successful year for Jameis, and we, we said, I think, 30 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. I'll live. Right. I'll live with that. And if, and if you're a Saints fan, you that's something you can build off of next year and, and hopefully see something. Yeah, that's the thing is, you got to see improvement going forward. Yes, I can't. You can't make the same mistake
0: twice if you're Jameis.
1: All right, let's jump into the last game. I mean, easily the game of the week. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, Chiefs Ravens. I'll, I'll as the Ravens fan, I'll let you kick this one off. So I'm, I haven't got a chance to watch the full game yet, which okay. pisses me off. I was hoping to watch it today
0: before we recorded. Obviously, getting back at five thirty a.m. and trying to record before three p.m. Kind of hard to sit down and watch a two, three-hour football game before then. But I was I went through, watched a lot of the highlights, obviously, been on Twitter, reading what everyone's talking about the game. I had a couple of guys that I follow on Twitter that were at the game. Um, Lamar Jackson was the best player on the field on Sunday night is the bottom line. Um, he, in the long shot, is not better than Patrick Mahomes. We all know this. Um, but he played the best football of his career. And it was like he said that he finally got the monkey off his back in the postseason, or in the in the, the post press conference. And it's a it's a two monkey thing, in my opinion. He got two things off his back. He finally beat Patty. He was zero and three against the Chiefs since becoming the starter. He was thirty and five. He's thirty and five against the league. Zero and three against the Chiefs. Right. So something needed to change there. That's one monkey that he got off his back. Also, they came from behind. So this is a this is a huge yeah. win win. Because those are always the two biggest knocks against the Ravens. You're like, when you talk about Baltimore, you talk about the downsides. They can't beat Kansas City, and no one thought that they could, they could come from behind and win the way they did. Tennessee ran the ball and came from behind. And then Lamar, they ran the ball and came from behind. But also, he was on it. The The first three drives, I was I was listening to it kind of. I was playing over the speakers. I heard the pick six from Honey Badger happen real time. And I was like, God, this is going to suck. It's going to be a rough game. And watching... The two picks were ugly. Like they were Mm -hmm. not great. They they were timing throws, and the timing wasn't there between him and his receiver. Sammy Watkins slipped on the first one, but overall, it was it was obviously your offensive showcase. As much as I want to like try to be like, oh, the Ravens didn't show up defensively. It's Patrick Mahomes the Chiefs. Right, you're gonna you're gonna give up points. There's so much.
1: There's only so much you can do. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna strongly disagree with you when you said Lamar Jackson was the best player on that field. Okay. I, I don't believe that. Okay. Um, I, I I still think Patrick Mahomes is is the better player in that game.
0: I think overall, definitely. Yeah. I would disagree for the game, but continue. Yeah.
1: For, for the reason I'm saying that is, I mean L- Lamar was amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Two interceptions though. You yeah. You can't. And they were ugly. And they were ugly. And. I mean, and, and he had some amazing plays with his legs. I, I think what it comes down to for me is is the same thing with Seattle as we're seeing in KC, where KC is like, okay, Patrick, you got to go win us the game. Okay, you know what I mean? You're going to throw the ball. I mean, he only threw the ball 31 times, which isn't bad, but really they weren't out able to get much going outside of what Patrick Mahomes was doing they
0: can't get the run they couldn't get the run game going yeah. which i think that is a tribute to the ravens defense they've always been a top 10 run defense for as long as i can remember tyreek hill was nowhere to be found i think he had 13 receiving yards total um the 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 ravens schemed well on defense they, they didn't did. get blitz happy like they usually do with this The one thing I don't like about Wing Martindale is we rely heavily on cover zero blitzes and we don't disguise them well. That's why we lost to the Raiders. Um, So overall, it was a team win for the Ravens. Yes. If you're a Chiefs fan, you have to learn how to lose a game with some dignity. I had a lot of Chiefs fans that were salty after the game. Listen, I have watched the three games before this, the three losses. I watched all three of them, and I was in Arrowhead Stadium for one of them. Mm -hmm. I took every... Oh, isn't he a running back comment from every drunk chiefs fan in the building? I've eaten the lot like I've eaten shit for these three losses. I didn't come out here like, oh I'm not out here being mad. I know that you don't lose often, but you have to lose with some dignity. You can't be as salty as as a lot of chiefs fans were.
1: Yeah. You didn't
0: was, lose to the Jaguars. Right. right yeah. Like and and if you're salty after the Jaguars, if you lose the Jaguars and you're
1: salty, you need to be salty with your own team, not with right. the Jags. There ain't a damn thing that they did wrong. I I think I think on both sides, I think Patrick Mahomes played great. I think Agreed, you can't yeah. you can't ask him to do much more than what he did. Hundred percent not. Um that offensive line still didn't look amazing. That's <sighs> that's the biggest thing that scares me if I'm a Chiefs fan right now. Jason OA ate them alive. Yes. And if I'm Baltimore, oh, I'm still not super comfortable with this win. Oh, no, I'm not happy. I don't overall. I don't think this, this to me doesn't put the seal that like, oh, this is the year the Ravens win it. Because no. Lamar in spots had some throws that you were like, man, you just you can't make that throw there. And even that aside, the thing that I look at is like, there is no
0: way in hell that he can keep what he... You can't keep pace with what he did on Sunday night. It's not possible. He ran for, what, 102, 102 yards?
1: 107 yards, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, then through the air was another 250. 239, one touchdown, two interceptions there. So, like, that pace just really isn't
0: sustainable as much as I love Lamar. I don't want it to be a sustainable pace. That's when guys get hurt. When you rely on a guy that heavily, that's when you kind of run him into the ground. The Chiefs fans know a lot about that with Jamal Charles. You cannot rely on a guy that heavily. You will run him into the ground. Yeah. So, as, and, and for all the Salted Cheese fans out there, like, this is one of the three losses, probably, you're going to have at all worst year. that you're going to have all year. Yeah. So just take it, get over it. Clyde fumbled. It is what it is.
1: You're going to have games that, you know, it's, I mean, that's, that's what football is. That's what makes football fun is yeah. one fumble here, you know, a bad call from the refs there, and you lose. That's, that's what the game comes down to yeah, a lot and of the times. I
0: think Chiefs fans are extremely spoiled with how well Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes have run those two offenses. Yeah. That the Chiefs went from the number one example of just like eating losses and getting over it. That was that's been the Chiefs' mantra for years. Yeah. Up until Alex Smith walked in the building and now the transition to Patrick Mahomes, they've gotten a little spoiled. You've got to lose a couple games. All right? yeah. You're not gonna go undefeated have some dignity in a
1: loss and, and i think the thing with the chiefs too to remember is this might be a motivator you know what i mean if anything as a ravens fan i feel good that we beat them now i'm also worried about what I, that what that might mean in the playoffs. i really
0: don't want to run into them again yeah because they're,
1: they're going to be out for blood in the playoffs 100%. if they see the ravens again so 100 i i'm not super worried like either team both teams played great um, I again I think Kansas City's gotta do something about that offensive line. I don't know what you do at this point. You gotta make a trade. If somebody hits the market that you can get, you gotta throw them they, on That's that the
0: line. thing is they spent all this money. They bring in Orlando Brown Jr. I thought that was the biggest the the funniest thing to me is you look at Odafe Owe ate the the Chiefs a lot. He had I think five pressures, he got a sack on Patty at one point, and he was just playing play out, he was consistently getting in the in Patrick Mahomes' face. He was taken at 35th, 31st overall in this year's draft, and the Ravens would not have had the 31st pick to take him if they didn't trade Orlando Brown to the Chiefs in the first place. Right, yeah, they might so, have
1: lost themselves that game. Yeah,
0: so uh, I love what I saw from the Ravens, but again, it's it's I love what I saw from a game's perspective, but it's not anything that I really think is sustainable. There's, yeah. there's definitely some things
1: to clean up for both sides. The I the one thing I will say about Lamar is he didn't look scared even after he made some bad throws he didn't he d- it didn't cause any hesitation or anything like that he still stepped up and made some big boy throws and it didn't scare John Harbaugh on some of those play calling it either. made my heart happy yeah like, like going for it on fourth and one what do you call what do you say they called that package oh it was it's called like the it's refrigerator a, it's or something an like that. it's an
0: over it's a what was it. It's, it's called the elephant package. Elephant it's package. The, it's like the uneven or the overloaded elephant package. Yeah, yeah. Because what they do is they basically throw Mark Andrews at right tackle. They move our right tackle to the left side of the line, throw an extra offensive lineman in, another tight end, yeah. and then it's Lamar and Pat Ricard, are full fullback in the backfield. Yeah. So we're looking at – Like, seven offensive linemen, two tight ends, a fullback, and a quarterback. Right. And and for people that were surprised by that call, it's been happening for a long time. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that clip of, Lamar, do you want to go for this? And he's like, hell yeah, I want to go for it. And we get it. Very rarely does it happen in the fourth quarter of a one-point game. But that, that's that been the mantra for us for a while now. John Harbaugh is not afraid to let it ride. Yeah. like, And that's the thing, and hopefully it doesn't come back to bite us. I know it will eventually. Lamar's going to be overconfident when it comes to that. But so far, I think they're like four for five on those attempts.
1: Sometimes you just got to let it roll. So. Yeah,
0: agreed. And, and I think that was the right play call to make. Because if you, you punt the ball or you kick a field goal there, I, number fifteen of the reds gonna go score. Yeah, you're gonna lose the game. Yeah, so, you
1: got it. You got it. You can't give that man
0: any. Each, I, each I can't Tom give the Brady. ball back to him. Yeah. As much as it may have hurt to like turn like to not get that there and you know them to take the ball from midfield and go score, I think the same thing would have happened if, even if they had to start at the two yard line. Right. It's Patrick Mahomes, so I think it was the right play call. I'm happy with the the win to finally beat the Chiefs, but still a lot of things to
1: work on to try to sustain success in Baltimore. All right. So that was a good wrap-up of uh, Week 2 games. We're going to move on uh, to everybody's favorite segment, Rookie Watch. Oh, Um, yes. We're we're not going to spend a huge amount of time on this, just trying to make sure we get everything done pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Mac Jones, I mean, honestly, he looked, again, kind of what I expected. People are saying, you know, he's got a lot more to prove, a lot more to – they haven't opened up the playbook for him. And, honestly, I don't expect him to open it up until probably Week 4 because – they want to build confidence with him. They want him to be comfortable. You know what I mean? I want the good for completion thirty. Percentage yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Like he, they want him to be. Don't make mistakes. Like that's really Did what they're going to ask him to, him to do. Nope, he didn't. So I mean, the touchdowns will come. Like yes. that, it's going to be there.
0: That, like I said, the biggest thing for a rookie quarterback is not going out there being Superman and scoring the ball. It's not going out there and doing all these things. It's about not shooting yourself in the foot to a
1: certain extent. He, he doesn't have to with this team. Yeah, like, and that's
0: that's the Patriots way. I yeah. don't need you
1: to come out here and be Patrick Mahomes.
0: I need you to come out here and manage the
1: game. Yes, and and that defense is solid. Um, I mean, it showed. Uh, run game was solid. So he they're not asking him to be Patrick Mahomes. That's not who they want him to be. They no. want him to really be a game manager until he gets more comfortable. And then I'm sure they'll throw in some, some hot passes in there for him. I mean, but they just spread the ball out so much. It's a classic New England offense where, if you're a fantasy owner, don't have any of the wide receivers because Lord knows who's getting the ball. And be wary,
0: honestly, of their one back. I drafted him in one league. I wasn't happy about it, but I had no better option.
1: Damian Harris yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, like
0: Patriots overall in fantasy aren't the best
1: to target unless it's the defense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really no complaints. Uh, I just give him time. I just need to see more. He's, the, it'll come eventually. He is leading the pack when it comes to rookie quarterbacks. I will say the, he hasn't shown the highest ceiling out oh, of anyone. Yeah. But he's performed the best through his first year, and that's kind of what everybody I think everybody he's had thought. the
0: highest floor out yeah. of everybody. When I look at, like, exactly. what can you do, like, even in your bad games, the worst games possible. What can you do? He's by far been the most manageable. He dealt with a lot more pressure this week than he did in week one, and he handled it fine. Didn't yeah. turn the ball over at all, and I think that's all you can ask for as a Patriots fan.
1: Let's uh, let's flip to the other side of the, that game there with uh, Zach Wilson. Whew. Nineteen for thirty three, two hundred and ten yards, four interceptions. Not um, not a solid game. No and I think this is kind of what we expected. I mean, one, we know Bill Belichick is the killer of rookie quarterbacks. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Young quarterbacks see ghosts whenever he's, he's on the other side of that. So that's always going to be a struggle. No pun intended. No. Yeah. No pun intended there. (laughs) Um, so we knew that was going to be a struggle. We knew he was going to be in bad spots and spots where they were going to disguise coverages and he wasn't going to be able to read yet. Yeah. Um, I didn't see as much flash in this game. We as... talked
0: about last week. Like there were plays that were like this week that I'm like, I saw that last week. Right. I saw the, the two picks last week. I'm like, that was just as ugly as it was last week.
1: The issue is he didn't have the highs this game. Yeah, the
0: two touchdowns and the confidence he showed last week wasn't there this week. That's an issue in the long run.
1: So we'll see. I mean, things might might turn out better for him, but uh, yeah, still still some room there. Yeah, I think if you're
0: Zach Wilson, you got to take that one. You got to realize yeah. that that's that's that loss is on you because when you look at the box score and the, the team stats from that. The Jets outperformed the Patriots in literally every single category. It was just a four to nothing turnover battle. Yeah. And that's gonna lose you the game every single and time. And
1: that's the way Belichick wants it. He doesn't he doesn't <clears> care <throat> about who has the flashiest plays or the biggest plays. He doesn't he, even care about who has more passing yards or rushing yards. Yeah. He like, he just wants he goes, long as we don't turn over the ball, our defense is gonna play well enough and we're gonna win games.
0: Yeah, don't turn the ball over and capitalize on the other team's mistakes.
1: Exactly. We're gonna win games. Trevor Lawrence, uh, 14 for 33, 118 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, I think it's kind of the same thing as Zach Wilson. Yeah. I saw
0: last week we saw the flashes, we saw some bad stuff, but I saw the flashes this week. I didn't see a, a whole lot of the flash of the upside.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, tougher opponent for him, too. So Agreed. That yeah. didn't really help there. Um, yeah, I if I'm the Jaguars man, I I got to start running the ball. Like there is just no excuse for for not running the ball more. Well, James Robinson had like 7 carries for 46 yeah, yards. I don't understand what he's trying to do. Yeah, he had 11 carries 47 yards. I I don't know why he thinks he has to put this on Trevor Lawrence's shoulders. Uh the one thing I will give Trevor credit for is he didn't get sacked a lot, yeah. especially against Denver who has a really good pass rush, only one and, sack. And like, a very solid secondary, too. So, like, the ball doesn't come
0: out quick against Denver. So, the fact that he was able to hold it and not let that pass rush get to him was definitely
1: a good sign. Again, if I'm Jacksonville, I'm not giving up uh, yet on Trevor Lawrence, I mean, obviously, right? These these are rookie years. I mean, the only one I'm worried about at this point is Zach Wilson. Is I'm really concerned about, but Trevor Lawrence will definitely flip it around. I think the organization has to do something to help him. They got to back him up. Like, they they have to. They they gotta. I mean, they have they have weapons around him. They just gotta run the ball more. Is yeah. really
0: what I think. And overall, as a game, the Broncos held the ball for
1: 38 minutes. Yeah, you're you're not gonna win. unless you're playing Zach Wilson throwing four picks. You're not winning that game. After, you know with that time of possession battle um we're actually going to talk about justin fields played a little bit in this there we game. go there we go so six for 13 60 yards one interception not the best you know what i mean we saw it, a lot of better flashes i didn't see the highs yeah same thing as everybody else this was a definitely a floor type of week for the rookie quarterbacks um I mean, they've already come out and said if Andy Dalton can play, he'll be the starter. I think they have I, – I don't know if it's official yet that Andy Dalton – they do expect him to be out at least a couple weeks. Who do they play week three? Um, I can pull that up real quick. But Because like, I just – we're going to talk –
0: I don't want to talk about him too much, but, like, that's a rough first game. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why they – honestly, why they lean towards Andy to start with is, like, let's not throw Justin Fields against the Rams week one. That's going to be tough. I mean, the the Browns' defense is, I wouldn't say just as good, but solid. And when it comes to that game overall for the Bears, like, it was a... You want to talk about, like, wins that I'm not happy with. This is the yeah. textbook definition. They somehow were able to beat the Bengals with 83 passing yards as a team. Yeah. That's unheard
1: of. You're not going to be able to do that kind of going forward. Nowhere near sustainable, yeah. I I think they'll get to a point in the season where they have to play Justin Fields. Yeah. Because they're not they're not a playoff team and as soon as they realize that, the best way for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace to keep their job is for Justin Fields to show development, show growth. If he can kind of have the year that Justin Herbert had at the end of the year I think they keep their jobs for another year yeah and I think that's really the best you can hope for yeah at this I point.
0: don't I don't know what's going through their head at this point because first of all I didn't think they're going to take a QB because going into the draft I'm like these guys are trying to save their jobs yeah they're not going to shake up the offense that much in a career in in a contract year for them so when and they drafted let him, them do it too. yeah when they drafted him I was like okay all right I like it. It's the right move to make. They let the nuts hang a little bit. You know, you're gonna put your job on the line to let this rookie come in, and they're like, "Well, actually, I don't want to lose my job because a rookie quarterback plays us out of the playoffs. So I want to have a good quarterback. So you sign Andy Dalton. Right? Like, you don't want to play Justin Fields. You want to have a good quarterback and
1: a guy that's not a rookie lead your team so you don't get fired. But then Andy Dalton's the guy you decided on. And and this whole they owe it to him and everything. It's like. Everyone keeps... And Matt Nagy keeps saying, you know, I saw it done with Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith led that team to the playoffs the year before. He was a borderline MVP
0: candidate. He's a very, very good game manager. He yeah. did his job well. He
1: did his job really well. So that was one of those scenarios where it made sense in that time frame. And yeah. Mahomes was a complete unknown at that time. Where it's like Justin Fields was in the spotlight. He was a superstar. Yeah. So it doesn't... It's not really a one-to-one comparison. So.
0: And also, yeah... and. Like you said, Alex Smith takes you to the playoffs the year before. He's been very good his entire career. He's always been uh, good. He was the number one overall pick at one point. You're looking at Andy Dalton, who's right. been the the definition of mediocrity through his NFL career. The 8-8 eight and eight quarterback, the Red Rifle. You bring him onto the team, and you're like, that's the guy. Like It would have been different if it would have been like, we're keeping Nick Foles as a starter for the year. Right. That's a little better. But like, you brought in this guy. You drafted a quarterback. Like, okay. I got I got Justin Fields out of my QB for the future. Let me sign a quarterback that's okay. Right. It's the same thing as like they were like, let's trade for Case Keenum. We'll start him. And you're like, what is the point of bringing in another quarterback to where he's at the same speed as Justin Fields learning your playbook? And it's not anybody that's going to win you any more games. games There's right. no upside to Andy
1: Dalton. And going you forward. snuck into the playoffs last year by the skin of your teeth. Barely. So. Yeah, barely. All right, that kind of wraps up that segment. We're going to jump into hot and cold here. Uh, this is kind of where we have a take where everyone's going, yeah, duh, everyone's saying that right now, and it's going to be something we agree with. And then we're going to try to throw in something a little spicier in there. Um, do you want to kick it off or you want me to lead? I'll let you lead again. Okay. I like yours. Um, my cold, the one that everybody's saying, the Bears should have started Justin Fields since week one. Yeah. I genuinely believe it. They have nothing to gain by not starting him, everything to lose by not. Um, the only thing – the
0: only thing I would disagree is if, like we just talked about, if you have a a guy that is consistent, a guy that is good, and a guy that I'm like, I want my rookie to learn from this guy. Yeah. Andy
1: Dalton is not
0: like, oh, let's bring Andy Dalton in for veteran
1: for veteran leadership. Right, yeah. Um, and then my hot take here, and I know Owen's going to strongly disagree with this here, but the Raiders aren't a playoff team this year. I okay. am not buying it at all. Um. John Gruden tends to stink later in the year. Henry Ruggs, his they're hitting him on some deep balls. That's not a sustainable way to play. I really like Henry Ruggs. I think he is a legit receiver, but I don't think they're going to hit these bombs all the time. They're not going to be as explosive going forward. Josh Jacobs is going to miss next week, you know. I what can- does that do to their offense? Yeah. And I could definitely see it
0: because, like, they're not a lock by any stretch. Like, they're a team that's fighting for a playoff spot more than anything. Yeah. And with how good the AFC West is and how good the AFC is, is in general, like, you talk about how top-heavy they are with the Chiefs and the Bills, but, like, 3 through, like, 10, 9 or 10, are all very, very good playoff-contending teams as well. So when you look at the Raiders trying to make a wild-card spot after the Chiefs clinch that division, the Broncos are in contention, the Chargers should be in contention if they can figure it out, Uh, The Patriots are in contention. The Ravens are in contention. The Steelers might be. Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. The Bengals, 50-50, so-so, maybe. Yeah. And then... Maybe Indy. I don't see another team making it out of the South. We talked about this. Yeah. I don't think a second team in the South, but there. I think there could be a second South team in the hunt, though. Maybe. Yeah. I think you could see a an eight and nine Colts team that's like gets eliminated the last week of the you know the regular season.
1: I think this is going to be a year that you see to, like especially in the AFC you see two teams from each division, um, except the South. Like the South, the South, whoever wins the South, I think is in. Um, I think the Bills are in, and I think, yeah, either the Patriots or Miami's in out of the east, like you said. In the north, I'm pretty locked in at this point on Cleveland-Baltimore. One wins, one makes it as a wild card. Agreed. Um, And then who are we forgetting here? One of my... Uh, AFC West, AFC West, and which that, that all four, yeah, all four have have a shot at this point. I would say, I mean, the Chiefs are, are the lock to win that division. Yeah, after that, you know what I mean. If you could argue for the Broncos, you could argue for the Raiders, you could argue for the Chargers. So, yeah, agreed. Um, I think it's I think it's too wide open. I think the AFC is too strong to see one division dominate to have three teams exactly. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's too deep. I think there's a lot of teams that are trending up in the right direction right now. Yeah. So. When you
0: look at like playoff contention they usually you know we get towards the end of the year they're like this team can clinch if this team wins this team wins that team loses and they win their game. Right. That's what it's going to take for a third AFC West team to make uh, it yeah. at this point. And that's the issue with the Raiders as well. It's like they're not 100% going to be the third team. It could be the Chargers or the Broncos. Right. You know? yeah. like, that that division is wide open from 2 to 4. So, um, my cold take that I think everybody's kind of talking about Kyler Murray's the the clear MVP candidate right now. He's he's played extremely well so far. Um, wasn't a pretty win this week. They scraped it out, but a win's a win. And and he was I like the way he's handling it so far. Yeah. Like they won last week pretty handily over the Titans. I think they scraped it out over the Vikings this week and he came to the press, you know, the post the post game press conference and he's like I'm not happy. Like we're 2 and 0, but like this was an ugly win. Yeah. Like we should have lost. I have to play better. We as a team have to play better. We'll be better next week. I love that mindset because I think – for, for anybody that's not the top guy in the league, if you're not the best at your position, you need to be working towards that. You're like, I have to be better. Week in, week out, I have to get better. And I think if you are the top guy, you're smart enough to know, like, if I'm going to stay here, I have to also get
1: better and better so I don't get caught. I think everyone should look at Tom Brady and the way he's handled his success. The guy has nothing to prove at this point. Yeah. There's
0: no such thing as a Super Bowl hangover yeah, when it comes to Tom Brady. Because yeah. if there was, he'd be hungover and drunk his entire career. Like... He,
1: there's no such thing as a Super Bowl hangover for Tom Brady because he's always still drunk. Like, still he drunk, wakes up and right? he's like, I'm still hammered. Tom Tom Brady goes, you know what the best solution for a Super Bowl hangover is? Another Super Bowl. <laughs> no, yeah, he's like, what's the best way to avoid a hangover? hangover. Just continuously just, stay
0: drunk. Yeah, just,
1: just drink throughout the day. Yeah. Tom Brady says, we're just going to win another Super
0: Bowl. Yeah, we're just going to win again. Yeah. So so I think Kyler's an MVP candidate. and I think everybody's kind of talking about that. I had another one, but I forgot what it was before I got here. So okay. my hot take... And I thought about this on the way over here. And I'm like, I, I definitely – the more I, like, talked about it and thought about it to myself, the more I was like, yeah, this is horrible. I think right now if you're a head coach looking for a job in the NFL or if you're a front office guy looking for a job in the NFL, I think Minnesota is the worst place to go hmm. in the entire league.
1: That is – I feel like that's hot.
0: So the only the, – the, my thought process behind this is I'm looking at you, – you look at the levels of the game, like how good is my roster – how old is my roster? How much money am I giving my roster? Yeah. And I look at all three of these categories, and I don't see them in the top half of any of them. I think they're aging in a lot of spots. The defense is getting older and older. They're playing like it. Michael Kendricks is getting older. Anthony Barr's getting older. Dan, Daniel Hunter's getting older. Harrison Smith's getting older. I don't have any corners. So, like, the age is getting there. Kirk Cousins, obviously, is getting older. And when you look at the youth of the team, I'm like, Justin Jefferson is a very, very good Dalvin Cook is very good, but running backs, as much as I hate to admit it, are the most replaceable position in yeah. the entire NFL. Um, Irv Smith Jr. has some potential. They drafted well on, across their offensive lines okay. But, like, then you get to the money situation, and I'm like, Kirk Cousins' contract is horrible. Harrison Smith's getting paid. Michael Kendricks, all these old guys are getting paid. Right. I have to somehow save money for Justin Jefferson on my offensive line going forward. I have to figure out what I'm doing at quarterback because Kirk Cousins is not cutting it anymore. So I'm just like there's a lot of things to fix. They are when you talk about like where do you want your team to finish the year like I either want to be play I want to be like Super Bowl contenders or I want to be at the top of the draft getting better. I don't want to be 8 and 8 scraping in or missing the playoffs right. barely and I think that's Minnesota right now. They are we're we're really good but we're not good enough to contend for a title. So we're going to just be picking a pick 16.
1: There is qualifiers to that. You want your team to be 8 and 8. If you're like the Patriots last year where you're 8 and 8 and you have all this cap room, if you're the Colts you're 8 and 8. If, if I have
0: cap room, or I think my roster is going to get dramatically better, better, and right now their roster's on a down. Curve.
1: Yes, that's the issue. You you even left out Adam Thielen's thirty one. Yeah, like that's crazy. Like he doesn't feel that old, but he's thirty one. He's, he's gonna he's gonna drop off at some point. Agreed. Yeah, and he's starting. Like I think Justin
0: Jefferson's only going to make that drop off even more noticeable because of how good he's going to be going forward. But I just I look at that roster and I'm like. When I'm if I'm walking into a job interview for a, a front office job or a head coaching job in the league, there's got to be something about my roster that I'm like at least I don't have to worry about that. Right. Like at least like you're like if I'm walking to the Patriots, if like Bill Belichick retires, I'm like this team's young, they're well put together. Right. I have a couple aging pieces I have to place, but we're not overpaying anybody super much, and I know that I've got some young guys to build around. Right. So like you at least got to check one, hopefully two of the three boxes. I think Minnesota is far from checking any of the three. Like, I think it's going to be – they're they're just – it's time for a rebuild, but they're also like three years off of being able to do it because right. of they have a lot of aging talent that they kind of have to wait to retire or move unceremoniously. So it's – they're right in that gap of like it's time to rebuild, but we can't logistically really do it for another
1: two years. And, and the other th- crazy part is, is that division, you're at a perfect – if I'm Chicago, I'm thrilled because Aaron Rodgers – maybe his last year in Green Bay, maybe a yeah. second to last year in Green Bay. Yeah. So right as Justin Fields is going to peak, potentially, mm-hmm. the Packers are going to fall off. The You know what I mean? The Vikings don't the look Vikings that good. The Vikings are already starting to drop, drop, and the Lions are the Lions. And then the Lions are the Lions. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the window is is creaked open right now, and it's mm-hmm. about to be wide open. So if I'm the Bears, I'm super excited. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that is – I never would have thought about that. But yeah, that's a really that's a really good point. Yeah, I just so. look at
0: the roster and I'm like, I don't love like I want to love something. Mm. And for me, like I love Dalvin Cook, but as a overall like you said,
1: it's the most replaceable yeah. position in the game. Don't pay running backs. Yeah. Like it, it rarely works. Are the Cowboys thrilled right now? Absolutely not. Were the Jets thrilled when they signed and Bell? Absolutely not. Just no. do not pay a guy. Yeah. That kind of money. Agreed, yeah.
0: So before we get into Pump the brakes today, I got one more ad to talk about for you guys. Um, today we're going to be talking about Manscaped. Uh, they are known for helping guys groom their bodies. We should probably point out that your face is a part of your body and they make tools for that as well. Uh, if you have ever wondered about using Manscaped products on your face, we, ha- we do have some good news for you. Uh, many of the products can be safe for your face, and a couple are even designed for facial use. The Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer is something we praise as the best of all worlds. It can groom all parts of your body and can be safe and effective for grooming your face. But, and there is a big but, um, while you can use the trimmer on your face and your body, you need to make sure you change the blade when you use it on your face, keeping one specifically for your body and one just for your face. The ability to change the blade is to keep from getting staph and bacterial infections or, or also cross-contamination. So um, they've been stepping the game up, man. We should be getting some free stuff from them, hopefully. I do a little review Ooh, nice. for it. So, yeah, I'm um, being, you know, obviously having a beard and, and taking – I like to take care of my, myself in that department. So I'm very excited to get that stuff in and give it a shot.
1: We're, we're so. both big, burly men with big, burly beards. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So so if this
0: comes out of work, I'm going to have to give it the A-OK and send it down down the line. So. Yeah, and big and
1: big nerdy glasses, too. Yeah. So we really fit the build for them. That's what we do best. So what do we got for Pump the brakes this week? All right, let's jump into Pump the brakes. one of my favorite segments that we're going to do here. I'm gonna... I, I love this. I've always loved this segment. I've done it
0: on the cave. This is Jordan Austin's idea before. It was my show at butler and i've always loved it i'm usually the one that comes up with the topics and i've looked at the topics you've done for two weeks and you're doing a great job yeah so keep it up
1: thank you i love i love writing hot takes i love being spicy thinking outside of the box all right number one the falcons should have drafted a quarterback i'm i'm not hitting the br- i'm jamming the gas pedal <laughs> this is well actually you know
0: I changed my mind. I'm going to pump the brakes on this one. Okay. I am. So when I look at Atlanta, the issue is, is yes, they probably should have. But at the same time, I bring a quarterback in. He sits behind Matt Ryan for a year. What type of team am I putting around him? I'm not putting a great defense there. I don't have a reliable run game. My offensive line terrible. So as much as I do think they should have taken Fields at four, or even maybe Mac Jones at four if they liked him more, I'm. I don't know how well they would have done because outside of Calvin Ridley, I'm like, what do we have? We have Calvin Ridley and Dion Jones on my defensive end, right? And I have Grady Jarrett, obviously, on the defensive line as well. Other than that, like my offensive line is terrible. My run game's awful. I'm. I'm a one. Po- I'm a one weapon pony. If I don't take Kyle Pitts and my defense is got awful. So, as much as I think they should have at the same time I'm not sure how successful that QB would have been.
1: So, let me let me rephrase this and kind of frame your mind in a different way. Okay. Can the the with the way they're constructed right now, can the Falcons make it to another Super Bowl with Matt Ryan yes or no? No. Then why don't you take a quarterback and start rebuilding? Like that's that's my mentality of it, okay. is they're in this spot where I mean, at best, maybe they squeak in. as Kind of like what we were talking about. They're not going to win this. They're not better than Tampa Bay right now. By Yeah, nowhere near close. So Matt Ryan still has some value right now. So you could draft a young guy, let Matt Ryan play another year, and then give him the option, try to get something where, I mean, maybe you don't get a Stafford deal, but maybe you get a couple first for him or yeah. one or two, you know what I mean? Something to start the rebuild and turn it over. Because yeah. I agree with you. I don't think the way this Atlanta Falcons team is built right now I don't think they're a Super Bowl level team. So yeah. for me, just hit the reset button, kind of start over. And you know how I am. I'm, I like to play on that safe. side.
0: so the way that I the reason I said what I said was we like to, I like to play on that safe side. I want to have a Denver or a or a Cleveland situation. Very rarely does that ever happen. It's very weird that it happened twice in our lifetime. Honestly, that a team was
1: almost fully set before the QB got there. I would say Cleveland isn't on that list because they got set the year that Baker came. Okay. So, like, Baker came. They had, you know, they brought in—I think they brought in Jarvis that year or the year before one of the two. Mm-hmm. They drafted Nick Chubb the same year they drafted Baker. The next year is when they added Kareem Hunt. They added OBJ. Like, it. it, it very rarely do you get a situation where, like, New England where you're like—or Denver where we're just that quarterback away. Mm-hmm. I and I don't trust a majority of NFL GMs to build a team like that.
0: Yeah. It's very and it's also it's very like, how do you entice a guy to come play for you when you don't have a captain of your team ready to go, you know? So
1: And that's what people were saying New England did this year is they had Cam Newton just to get all of these free agents to wanna come. I don't know if Hunter Henry says, I'm gonna come to New England if we don't have anybody signed and we're not guaranteed one of the quarterbacks you know what i mean if cam newton's not starting i'm not playing i don't think anybody said that right i'm not saying it's that but like these guys probably aren't coming where you're like you guys are drafting 15th and you don't have a starting quarterback like why would i want to come here it's only going to hurt my numbers yeah um so yeah it's it's super hard it's it's one of those things that yeah for me you kind of got to do a full reset and then pray i i'm a firm believer i i thought the rams should have not re-sign Jared Goff and try to restart. I'm still waiting for somebody to have the the balls to do that. Somebody will eventually get to that point and do it. Um, I think the best way to win in the modern NFL is a rookie contract because they eat up so much of your cap space, right? Mm -hmm. So you draft quarterbacks until you get Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. You get one of these guys that are so good they can elevate a team around them. Yeah. I don't like and I'm not sure I'm not sold on Baker as one of those guys like and I and I feel this kind of similar way with Dak of like is he good enough to elevate the team around him so once now that he's got the bag once Baker gets the bag they're not going to be able to keep the team as good around him so it's like if they couldn't win before why all of a sudden are they going to win now and that's how I was with Jared Goff where I mean they he got him to a Super Bowl but it wasn't because of him. It was it's one of those
0: perfect storm type deals. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, for me, you kind of reset it, and, like, they're going all in on a Stafford. And you're not going to be able to do that all the time where you get – I mean, I don't even know if Stafford's that special, but he might be good enough to push the Rams over the top there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's kind but of playing with that The thing line. is, if they
0: don't succeed now, they are screwed for, like, four years. Right. Like they're, they're not going to sniff the playoffs, and the worst part about it is they won't have their picks. Yeah. For so the next three – Three years, I don't think they have a first round pick. So, like, the Rams have to win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, or they wasted five to ten years. of Their and financials.
1: every year you get further away from the trade, the worse it gets because you don't have those first round picks to to, to get, replenish to and, replenish and get you know a linebacker or, or another offensive take the tackle in. that slipped
0: ten spots exactly of the O line. Yeah, agreed. They're only getting older. The issue is is that right. they have the highest. They have Aaron Donald, who's the best and one of the higher paid defensive players. They have Jalen Ramsey. Best corner, one of the most higher paid players. Matthew Stafford's on a bigger contract. They paid, um, I think Robert Woods is on a somewhat decent deal. Yeah, like it's he's not crazy. Their O line is aging. As good as their O line is, and they're again they're in one of pro football folks' worst spot. They're one of the top O lines. So you're gonna have to pay them. But also, yeah. Andre Whitworth is extremely old. Their other tackle is getting up there in age. Like. It's gonna have to
1: be now or next year for the Rams in my opinion. Yeah, and I and I don't think I think the Falcons treated themselves like they were in that spot. Yeah. And they weren't. They're nowhere near it. Yeah. Alright. Number two, the Colts will regret the Carson Wentz trade. Now before I answer
0: clarify, right, is the question do they regret it right now or will they?
1: Will they down the road? Will they regret it down the road? Worded, worded that way on purpose or projection of the way the season has started and the way it will continue to go. What did they give up? Did they give up a first to get him? So it's a conditional. So if he plays 75% of the games, the second turns into a first. Okay. But if he – so like if – so he, I think he only has to miss four games and he's I think he's going to miss next week. And it's going to stay as a second? Yeah, it'll stay as a second. So it's a, it's a second – it's a conditional – it's a second with a conditional to a first. I I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes. I okay. don't think
0: they're gonna regret the trade in the long run. If they would have gave up a huge haul, if it was a Stafford deal, 100 percent yes. But I think even if he doesn't pan out, I don't think they gave up a, a ton. Even mm-hmm. if it does turn into a first, like if it turns into a first, it shouldn't be a high first. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. yeah, and it I won't think be. if if he misses a lot of games and they lose a lot of games, then it's a second. Which, granted, pick 35 to 40 is still very valuable. (laughs) God bless you. Dude, I've been sneezing so much the last two weeks. I feel like I sneeze like every 10 minutes. Um, So I'm going to pump the brakes just because I don't think in the long run they gave up a ton. So I I don't think
1: they're going to regret it. Here's why I think they'll regret it is I think – after watching what Chicago was able to get this year, what and, and you're not guaranteed to have a quarterback class as big as last year's was. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm the Colts, I want to position myself because that team is really good, and that, that team is one of those teams that feels like they're a quarterback or so away from, from oh, being a— 100%, yeah. Yeah. So reliable.
0: I want, the, the only thing they're really missing is weapons to throw to. At to this point. right, they have a reliable run game. And they have a very good defense
1: and a lot of cap space to work with. So and if, a good O line. Yeah. If I'm them, I would have rather positioned myself next year to be like, you know, let's say they have the 12th pick, you can package that with a future first and something else to try to crack into that top five and get a guy that's going to be get a difference maker. I could see that. Yeah. That's the only way I see them regretting it. And if they don't make the playoffs. I think it ends up being a bust. The reason
0: that I, even with that condition, what you said, the reason I don't think they're going to regret it is because I don't think their front office is smart enough to ever even put that package together if they were in the spot to do it. Right. So that's true. That's, that's the only other thing about that. But I do, That it's honestly, that's probably what they should have done.
1: They're a conservative more. franchise, so I don't know if they'll ever get that aggressive. I think it's a mistake in the long run, but Yeah. Yeah. All right, take number three here. Greg Roman and Eric Biennemi are overrated. So this one's tough because I think very differently
0: about the two of them. Mm -hmm. I do think... We can break it up if you want. Yeah, I'm going to do one on each. Okay. So, actually, I may pump the brakes on both of them. Okay. Because I don't think, from being a Ravens fan, now maybe it's because I don't like Greg Roman, I haven't seen a ton of hype around him. In the in the media, that everybody's saying that he's such a great OC and everything, mm-hmm. so I can't say a guy's overrated if he's not getting any attention. So, is he getting a lot of media attention from what you? I mean? mean,
1: he hasn't been like I mean, there like two years ago when Lamar had his MVP season, there was talks like he's gonna be a head coach. You know what I mean? Right. This next season, and it never happened. It never pawned out. It never worked out for him. Even if
0: he was that level of a coordinator, again, you've got to go to the right spot. If you're this much of a run guru, and the read option and the RPOs are this much of a right. of a spot, there's like three spots you can go in. There's honestly, there's one spot that you can go, and it's Arizona. They already have their head coach, who's an offensive mastermind, in Cliff Kingsbury. After that, you're taking a downgrade to go to like Russell Wilson. Can run some of it, but nowhere you're not going to get the high end stuff of the read right. option package. Like Chicago might work. I think Justin Fields might be able to run that. If that, that job opens up, if that job opens up, but like. I don't think Greg Roman's overrated just because he's not talked about. I don't like Greg Roman that much mm-hmm. outside of the win. And even, honestly, like, say Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't fumble, the Chiefs win the game. They're 0-4 against Kansas City. He's 1-2 in the playoffs. Greg Roman can't call a big game. Mm-hmm. We, anytime the Ravens are in the spotlight, and I don't mean Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night football. I mean, like, against a good team or in the playoffs. He cannot call that game. We went down seven to nothing against Tennessee. Lamar Jackson threw the ball 51 times. We talk about this all the time. Like quarterbacks should not throw the ball that much unless we're unless it's a there's like four or five quarterbacks that are allowed to do it, and it's gotta be a shootout for it to happen. Like Patrick Mahomes shouldn't be throwing fifty times each week. Lamar Jackson should never touch fifty passing attempts in his career. As of right now, right. arm talented as he is, I think he's underrated as a passer. Still. I don't want him throwing the ball 50 times a
1: game. Right, even 30 maybe. And they're like
0: well, people are like, "Oh, you can't run the ball when you're behind." It's 7 nothing in the first quarter. Right. Let's not throw the playbook out the window yet. And that's exactly what we did. I've seen that time and time again in big games. Last night was the first time where I felt like he didn't just throw the playbook out the window after the first quarter, which from the first quarter results, it might have been the game to do it, down 14 nothing or down 14-7. So, So as much as I don't like Greg Roman, I won't say he's overrated just because I don't think people are that high on him. As far as the enemy goes, I don't think he's over – I do think he's slightly. I don't think he's like, this guy is nowhere near as good as he thinks. I do think he benefits from being underneath Andy Reid. I think a lot of the creativity comes from Andy Reid. So – as far as Biennemi being a successful head coach, yes, he's overrated. In the NFL, I think if he were to go down to the college level, I think he would do great. Okay. I think if he if he did take the USC job, I think I'd be like, that's a perfect fit. That's like a, a Chip Kelly going down. I'm like, okay, Working. this guy's going to work really, really well at the college level.
1: Here's why I kind of group them together because I think there, there are two problems that we see with OCs. Mm-hmm. One, I don't think Greg Roman's that great of an O.C., because he lucked into a freak athlete like Lamar Jackson. Agreed. Yeah. Do I think he gets the most out of Lamar Jackson? No. I think there's there's more there that hasn't been tapped, and you know what I mean. Like you put him in a Kyle Shanahan offense, you give him somebody <laughs> a little bit more entertaining. Um, I think that could be there, and I think. Eric Bieniemy, kind of on the same line, has a, an amazing quarterback, the, one of the best quarterbacks, the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah, and he's got Andy Reid, who has been an offensive guy who's been stellar and a stud for a long time. Yeah, I don't. I think like there's all this there's there was all this hype a couple years ago, and I'm sure it's going to blossom back up as the coaching carousel starts. I I would be very unhappy if my team gets either one of these guys as my head coach. Like you said, maybe at the college level it'll work. I don't think what they do is special enough and unique enough, because Eric Bieniemy is not the offense in Kansas City. Andy Reid is so. And to a certain extent, Patrick Mahomes is. Patrick Mahomes yeah. is too. And that same way with Greg Roman is is it is it his offense or is Lamar just that special? I think it's I think it's that special. I don't um, agree. Uh, that's I mean. why I wrote that like that because I think they're they're kind of one of the same in that aspect. I think. I think if they were to both get
0: head coaching jobs next year, they're both the head coach of a team come 2022. I think Biennami has a better shot from a baseline, but I think for Biennami to succeed, it's got to be the right scenario as well. Okay. You send him into Jacksonville, I'm like, yeah, maybe. Right. Just because it's Trevor Lawrence. If it was any other quarterback, I'd be like, no yeah. shot. Not going to win.
1: When he's going to do a better job than Urban Meyer has. That's this year. not hard to do from no. what we've seen. So. All right, we're going to try to be somewhat timely on these next couple ones here as we okay. as we wind down. Okay, Taysom Hill will start a game this year. I'm smashing the gas, I think 100%. Do you think so?
0: I think from just the logistics, I think there's going to be a week where Jameis gets tagged, gets banged up one week, Taysom starts. From a performance standpoint, I don't know if Taysom will start a game for Jameis playing bad. I definitely think he's going to come in at some point. There will be one game, the lowest of the low, where Jameis has four picks by half and Taysom will play the second half. I don't know if performance-wise he'll start
1: a game. I think
0: injury-wise he definitely will.
1: I I think usually your quarterback gets tagged once. Right. I wrote this in an intentional way where I didn't say Taysom Hill will start for the Saints. I said he'll start a game this year. You think Uh, somebody's going to deal for him? I think think somebody's going to get hurt midseason. And I, right now, I think he might be like the like a hot commodity for somebody to try to come in and take. Because it feels like at this point, Sean Payton has given up, right? Because if he was going to transition off of Drew Brees and Taysom Hill as a legit starting quarterback for Sean Payton, it would have been this year. It would have happened, yeah. It would have happened by now. So, I mean, maybe Sean Payton's done with him as a quarterback, and they're paying him to be kind of that backup-level quarterback. I could see somebody getting hurt and then pulling the trigger on him. And then he comes in. The only thing that I, I don't
0: know, I think Sean Payton may value him a lot still as that Uto guy, as mm-hmm. he may not. And so I think he would deal him if the price was up there. Like if somebody brings in, you know, a ridiculous, they're like, we'll give you a first for him. Somebody would be, then he would be like, yes, I'll give you him for a first round pick. But I don't think anybody's going to come that high with an offer. So I, I definitely see it as a possibility, but I, I don't think the logistics of the deal would work out in the long run. So, as much as I may see it, I'm not 100% sold on it. But I think he'll definitely start a game for New Orleans by the end of the year. So, what you got next? What is, do we have four? Fours up next?
1: Four's. or no, fives up next. Fives up next. Uh, the Jets can ruin any quarterback. 100% agree. Yep, they I'm can. I'm
0: slamming the gas. There's, we've seen it time and time again. Um, Maybe their track record isn't as bad as Cleveland was before Baker Mayfield, but I think they've had more talented quarterbacks. Like Cleveland ruined like 10 to 15 quarterbacks. The Jets may have only ruined four to five, but I think when you look at the talent that the five quarterbacks had and you were to rank who's the most talented out of the 15 quarterbacks that Cleveland ruined and the five that the Jets ruined, I think five, probably all five of the Jets guys fall in the top ten probably. They've had more talented individuals come through. And they've ruined them all still.
1: Until that team is sold, I won't buy that there will be a successful quarterback there long term. Agreed, yeah. All right, number six, Lamar Jackson for MVP.
0: If he stays healthy the whole year, and like I said, I don't think the pace that he had against Kansas City is sustainable for the entire year. If he keeps that pace, 100% yes, I think it's possible. Even not keeping the pace, he plays all 17 games. I do think it's possible, because if Baltimore is going to make the playoffs, he's going to have to play a very, very high-level football when it comes to a Lamar Jackson standpoint, and when it comes to the passer and the things that we haven't seen, he's going to have to play at high level. So if the Ravens are in playoff contention, yes, I think he's 100% MVP candidate.
1: I think his biggest worry right now is Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is going to be his biggest competition coming up. So, like, I mean, storyline-wise, like, I think that win will help drive him into that MVP narrative. I just think I worry about Kyler Murray in that yeah, for I it. think he's definitely
0: a candidate going forward, but for him to beat out the field is going to be very, very tough. All
1: right. We're going to move into a new segment that we'll, we'll see if it sticks around week to week, but uh, pick one. Um, so for the first one, we're going to pick one team that's currently 2-0 and to miss the playoffs. I'll let you pick first here, and I'll pick next on the other one. Okay. Our options are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Carolina Panthers, San Francisco 49ers, the Los Angeles Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos.
0: So if I had to pick a 2-0 team right now to miss the playoffs, I would lean towards the Denver Broncos in okay. the long run. Um, the main thing I see with this is the the level of competition they've had through 2 weeks. People talk about how well that they how good they've looked. They're like the Broncos look really good. Teddy Bridgewater looks really good. You've played the Giants and the Jaguars. Like and as much as there may be another team on here that you think may miss more, like you're like the Raiders won't sustain, the Niners can't sustain, I'm looking at the Broncos and I'm thinking you've played very, very well, but you've played Daniel Jones and a handicapped Trevor Lawrence in Urban Meyer's offense. And so I'm curious to see how their schedule is going forward, but I think overall like they just haven't played anybody yet. Right. So I'm not buying the hype on Denver
1: yet. I think the other team. I mean, I've kind of ratted on the 49ers already. Um, I've ratted on the Raiders. I think those are both teams that'll probably miss the playoffs here. Mm-hmm. To just to just be different, let's you know, to be to not have me repeat the same takes. Um, boy, I don't like any of these other picks. I like the Bucks. I like the Panthers. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm Bucks, pick...
0: Panthers, Rams, Cardinals are all pretty safe.
1: I'm I'm gonna keep bowling the Raiders today. I, okay. I I do like Las Vegas. They're kind of one of the sleeper teams that I've always enjoyed. Um, I don't I don't like their chances. I just John Gruden has such a history at the end of seasons falling off and it just nosedives. dives. Yeah. How many times have we said, "Oh, the Raiders don't even have to perform well. They just have to keep pace. They just have to go, you know, 4-4. Oh, the Raiders are 8 and 4 right. to start the year and then they end 9 and, you know, 9 and 7, or 9 eight and, seven. and 8. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, "How do they do this? How do they yeah. shoot themselves in the foot?" That's why until I see them kind of get over that that hump, I'm never gonna buy in. It's
0: so funny because they're like, "Where's the consistency?" But they are consistent. They consistently shoot themselves in, in the, the foot. foot right, the exactly. Year, yeah. so, and they're
1: consistently great at the beginning of the year. There's just no consistency at the end. I don't yeah. know where it goes. Like, I there's don't a know. consistent change. <laughs> the consistency isn't where it should be. Right. Yeah. yeah. You'd rather a team finish hot than finish cold. 100. Yeah. All right. For the next one, and I'm gonna go first on this one. Pick one. 0-2 team to make the playoffs, and this is, boy, this is one's one that's going to get thin here. This is tough, yeah. Jets, Colts, Giants, Vikings, Falcons, and then the Lions are the and <sighs> 2 teams there. Um, none of them look super promising. No, not at all. Um, since, like, gun to my head, I have to pick one of these teams, might surprise some people with this. I'm going to go the Giants, actually. Okay. Okay. Daniel Jones looks horrible. Saquon does not look like his old self. But that division is just so wild and so random. Yeah, and Saquon's getting healthy. Like, the good yeah. thing is, is he's not out for the year. Yes. They're, they've
0: done – I'm I'm so surprised and happy. They're like, let's bring Saquon on slowly. And you're like, everybody says that. And they're actually doing it. Yeah, they're so giving as him time. as much as fantasy managers may hate it, it's, it's – I think in the long run it's going to be better. Yeah. For me, if I had to pick an 0-2 team here, I'm going to go with the Colts. Again, kind of the same thing. The division is there. If Tennessee fumbles, you know, and stumbles the way they did through week 1, yeah. and Carson Wentz is healthy, I could see it just cuz the overall team is there. The defense is good, the O-line's good, the run game's good. Carson Wentz is still up in the air whether he's going to be healthy or how good he is, and then it it's really comes down to the division. Like when I look at the rest of this, like the Jets, first of all, I don't think they have that much of a shot to start with, obviously. Right. Also, I have the Bills. I, the other three teams compete: the Pete, Bills, yes. the Patriots, and the Dolphins are all competing. Vikings, same thing. Vikings. I'm looking. At the Bears are Better. decent. It depends on their quarterback situation. The Rams, or not the Rams, the Packers are the lock. Yeah, and then the Lions are another team on this list that I have no faith in. <laughs> yeah, and then the Falcons. I'm like, I look at that division. I'm like, the other three teams are in contention, and yeah. you're god awful. So definitely slim pickings on the O2 guys to make the playoffs but i think the colts and the giants divisions are weak enough
1: where it's possible all right so we're gonna now we're gonna jump into our previews for week three here um first game we got on the docket here is eagles and cowboys
0: which going coming into the season before week one i you're like this is a game to watch i'm like for what what reason why am i watching this game from what we've seen I'm I'm looking for consistency for both of these teams. The Cowboys looked really good in their loss to Tampa Bay, but they looked really bad in their win against L.A. You're and right. then for the Eagles, they looked good against Atlanta week one, and honestly they looked good against San Francisco, but can they look good and win again? Can they get back to the week one ways?
1: The, the biggest thing for me is that this is going to drive a narrative um, of, you know what I mean, if Philadelphia wins, I think it can be a confidence booster, and – I think for the Cowboys, it's a chance to really put the Eagles down and at a disadvantage.
0: Yeah, So and it's a division game. It's a division so game. So it means
1: a lot in the long run, standings-wise. Yeah. I, I do want to clarify something. We are not Cowboys fans. Like It feels like we talk about the Cowboys a lot. But they're just so juicy, and they have so many and interesting so, storylines. And that's the
0: thing; it's like they're either so hot or
1: they're so cold
0: that you have to talk.
1: About yeah, them. you have to talk about them. So we are not like cowboys. Like I am not a closeted cowboy fan by any <laughs> means. Like I do not like as much as about I them. may have some friends that
0: want me to admit that I am. I'm definitely not. I'm either.
1: definitely not a Cowboys fan. <laughs> um, that's kind of why I want the Eagles to win that division. But yeah, I would I would keep your eye on that game. I think there's there's a good opportunity that that game ends up being. Really, really interesting. What's funny is that, like, I feel like I've said two or three times, like, this game's going to be a shootout. And I right. want to say
0: that about this. I've been wrong every single other time. Yeah. When I look at this, I said this about Tampa. I said it about Tampa Dallas, and I was right. I said it about Dallas LA, and I was wrong. Right. So, Dallas Eagles, you look at the Eagles and how bad they whomped the Falcons defense week one. It's possible. yeah. Dallas and how well they looked against Tampa Bay. It's possible. If these offenses come out firing like they both were in week one, we may have a shootout on our hands.
1: I I don't. I'm not so in it for the shootout value. I'm in it for the value that this game will be in the division. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So that's – I think it's intriguing because of that storyline. Next game we got is the Packers and 49ers. Um, I mean – Really, the, what do we have to talk about on one of this? the best
0: offenses, one of the best defenses, two of the most storied franchises in the NFL. Right. Uh, the video package pregame for that one's gonna be fun. Yes. I can't wait to watch all the old clips of Bart Starr and you know and
1: obviously Joe Montana. Sunday Just, Sunday night football. Like this week we have a good Sunday night football game and a good Monday night football game. So that always makes me happy. Yeah, Thursday nights. In. Thursday night sucks, but yeah, per I Per usual. I think I I think this is where we see the slip in the 49ers. I think Green Bay. I mean, if, as long as they continue to play the way that they played last week against the Lions, I think they built up a little confidence. Aaron Rodgers is feeling a little bit better about himself. Um, I think the Niners, I think this is the game they fall off. I still think it's a really entertaining game. Um, I still think it's uh, it's going to be a good one. So if, you, if you're wondering whether to watch Sunday Night Football, I'd watch it.
0: Yeah, I would agree, 100%. I think you hit the nail on the head. This is this one of those games where, like, if the Niners are going to win, they're going to have to put up a lot of points, and I don't know if I trust Jimmy G and, to do that. And yeah, like because it's Aaron Rodgers has earned that same respect as Patrick Mahomes. It's like there's no such thing as stopping them, right? It's, it's be, I mean, kind of. I mean, New Orleans kind of did, but like I think that was a fluke game, game more often than yeah. more more often than not. So I'm I, I think I think this is going to be one of the tougher challenges for the Niners.
1: Next game we've got on there is uh, Bucks Rams. If this wasn't. Uh, Or it's not a divisional game, but this is going to be the game to watch, really. I I agree. I I was kind of shocked that this game didn't get put on Sunday Night Football. Or on Thursday, or on Monday. Yeah. This is probably going to be your most watched game of the week. As it should be. Yeah, hands down. This is
0: arguably an NFC title or an AMC championship preview and if nothing else i think this is a game you see in the playoffs in the playoffs again it should be a game that you see in the playoffs again i think
1: sure. la has a lot to prove here i think if they want to show their contender they have to compete at the very least with tampa bay yeah if they don't if they come out and lay a stinker they're in trouble like yeah. it's not going to be good for them agreed
0: um, and as far as tampa bay goes like you, we, we talked about Brady earlier. Nothing to prove, but everything to prove at the same time. Like, right, exactly. Nothing really left to prove
1: other than that you can still do it. To me, what's scaring is they always play better later in the year, and Tampa Bay is off to this hot start. Like they're playing yeah. really well right now. So it's like, I mean, he's on an MVP. Like he's one of those he's guys. He's taking
0: touchdowns right now. Yeah. Nine, like, touchdowns. We get through two.
1: We could be talking about a forty-year-old man winning the MVP. No, this year. no, 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 not forty.
0: Forty-four. Forty-four. There's s.
1: Yeah.
0: And people are like, can Tom Brady to play till he's fifty? First of all, holy shit! It's the crazy le- that's possible. The logistics of that are insane. That I could be twenty-nine years old and Tom Brady will still be in the league. That's crazy. ridiculous for me to think about. Where I'm at in my life and where I'm going here in the next four to five years, the fact that Brady would still be in the league at a starting caliber would be insane. But if anybody can do it, it's old man Tom. So it is. Um, How are we doing on time? Out of curiosity.
1: We are trick right on we're, we're right on the money we're at 128 right now right
0: 128 okay so
1: i was gonna ask if if you want to jump into anything else here really quick or
0: i do we we did do, get two f- fan questions okay and i 100 percent forgot to do those so yeah we should it. we're definitely gonna hit the 145 we did good if i got the fan questions in yeah. we would have been perfectly fine today so our first question today comes from austin myers in virginia beach um he said hey owen big fan of you um Love that you have your own show on BDL now. Question to you is: What is your thoughts on Alabama almost losing to Florida this week? Um, was there a weakness exposed? Should we be more concerned for Bama, or is this kind of like more respect for Florida going forward? So, in short, I think this is a little bit of both. I think Alabama is showed definitely that they are not unbeatable. I guess, which usually mm-hmm. that's you know that's your mantra. It's Alabama football. They are the best team in the nation year in, year out. This is what they do. They win games. They win big games. They win small games. It doesn't matter. Nick Saban's the best college coach of all time. But, so there is some weaknesses here. They can be beaten. As far as it goes for Florida, I do think that there is a little disrespect happening with Florida. Um, To be 100% honest with you, that game should have went to OT. Um, There's been a lot of talk in Florida from, I've obviously heard it from Shea and I've seen it. Funny enough, like, I see enough Gator stuff on my social media, on my TikTok and time, Twitter and everything. It starts recommending me Gator stuff like I'm a fan. It's like, no, Shay just retweets it so much that it's just all over my timeline. But they have this kid. So, Emory Jones is their starter. Mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson is their backup. He he got permission to use Tim Tebow's number. He called Tebow, got permission to wear 15. So, he wears 15 at Florida. His nickname is AR-15. They've they've kind of brought him in like kinda how like Trey Lance and Justin Fields came in and played like the four or five their one drive in week one. He's come in and ever I'm talking not every single play looks good. Every single play that this kid has been on the field has been a highlight. Sixty yard bomb here, forty yard scramble there, thirty yard read option to the left. This guy's done it all. Anthony Richardson looks really good, and even Tim Tebow and I think it was Steve Spurrier maybe came out and said, like, this kid's a generational talent. Like this like and there's a lot of people are saying that like if Tim Tebow and Cam Newton spliced their you know their DNA in, in a lab and created a new football player to take over the world, Anthony Richardson is that guy. So first of all, high praise from a lot of high talents over the years when it comes to Florida and other places in college football. When I watch that two-point conversion, I if, if Dan Mullen will not bench Emory Jones for Anthony Richardson at this point, and I understand why he hasn't. Emory Jones has sat behind Kyle Trask. He sat behind Felipe Franks. He's waited. He's done his time. The issue is, you waited and waited and waited, and the kid behind you is better than you are. That's college football. Jobs are replaceable. There's no such thing as a guarantee. You don't come in for a, a, a recruiting visit or even a, a you know a preseason meeting and be like, you're the starter this year, no matter what. That doesn't right. happen at any level, let alone at college. So with Anthony Richardson playing so well. And I will be 100%. Emory Jones cost them the game. That read option at on that two-point conversion, he should have handed the ball off. The defensive end read for for, for him to keep it. He should have handed the ball off the, up the gut. Alabama looked like they had it covered pretty well, honestly, anyways. I don't think they would have gotten it. But they definitely stood no chance with whatever the hell they did. The whole shuffle four yards to the line of scrimmage thing and then both being tackled by the same defender does nothing for you in the long run. So with as good as Anthony Richardson looked and Emory Jones – refuse that was that was a i'm the quarterback here i want to keep my job i'm gonna misread this play and try to make it myself so everyone thinks i'm like he was playing superman ball right and that loses you games and i think it lost four to the game so it was a little bit of both sides and i think anthony richardson's got to be the starting quarterback for the gators going forward whether it's this week or next week i think he's got to be the starter um last question we got comes from anthony and Salina. Uh, I have a question for you, Owen, but first, big fan of Shea and you. Keep going, boys. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, Owen, what is your thought? What's your thoughts on Shea Gilligas-Alexander calling himself the black Steve Nash? My initial reaction is that's a reach if I've ever heard of it. Um, I love SGA. I think he's very talented. First of all, I think you do yourself a disservice because I think SGA is a lot better on defense than Steve Nash ever was just from the physical profile. SGA is like 6'3", 6'4". Steve Nash is the undersized white kid from Canada. Right. Never been good on defense, as hard as he may try. So give yourself a little bit more credit defensively. And also, we're talking about one of the greatest point guards of all time. So hopefully you get there. For Thunder fans, I think they hope for that as well. But I think I, I don't see where that comparison lines up. I don't think it's disrespectful by any stretch. He's a very good, young, talented player. But... You do yourself as a disservice on defense, and I don't think you're there offensively yet. So as much as, as it's a fun nickname, and I honestly, if he continued to call himself and it caught steam, I wouldn't be mad about it at right. all. But I definitely I don't see it as of right now.
1: I would rather my players have confidence in their ability and, and shoot for their stars. Like if he came out and was like, you know, I'm the uh, Mike Bibby You know, the black Mike Bibby. I'm like, okay, maybe, like, let's aim for a little bit higher. Let's go higher. Yeah, let's try to be a little bit better than that. So I'm never going to be upset at a guy. Um, And, like, I don't know what it is about NBA fans they're so sensitive to the legends. Yes, we are. It's so crazy. <laughs> yes, we are. Like, I'm, like, the only one that I'm, like, I don't care if a guy wants to compare himself to Steve Nash. Like, yeah. I, it doesn't bother me. Like I said,
0: it doesn't bother me in the long as, – as, as off of a comparison as I think it is, I'm not bothered by it. It
1: would it would only bother me if people believed it. Like, that would yeah. be the only – like, he hasn't done enough to show me if that all Thunder is. fans were like, oh, my God, why have we never thought of that? I'd right. I mean, like, all right, now I'm mad. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. now I'm upset, but, like <laughs> – I mean, let the guy compare himself. It's like it's yeah. the whole LeBron and MJ thing. I don't know why we're so sensitive as a group. It's yeah. it's kind of weird, honestly. Agreed. I would 100% agree with that. I mean, let him call himself the Black Steve Nash. I don't think he is. I don't think he's as good of a passer as Steve nah, Nash is. Like, I agree. I mean, Steve Nash was just a facilitator um, and another guy that just wasted his career away just on teams that weren't good that enough. That weren't good enough, yeah. 100%. I. not and if we're going to, like... Which that's...
0: No, I'm sorry to all my Thunder fans out there. That's where SGA's at. Wasting away on a horrible,
1: horrible team. team. Yeah. If, if I had to name a black Steve Nash, I'm going to go with Chris Paul over anybody off the top of agree. my head. Yeah. I can't think of anyone who plays more similarly. Like... LeBron James, but that's kinda unfair to well, put a guy that's six eight. LeBron that James is not like anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's very, I very think true. Chris Paul's a better scorer than Steve Nash was, in in my opinion. I would agree. Yeah, um, I think he
0: creates for himself better than Steve
1: Nash. Steve did. Nash did, yeah. yeah. I think they're both great at creating for other people, but yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree.
0: I think that's gonna do it. I think we did good on time today. We yeah, stayed we stayed right where we wanted to be at um, one thirty-five.
1: So not mad. Yeah, we're pretty happy with that.
0: We we exceeded goal today, in my opinion, yeah. by ten minutes. So next week we're gonna keep to the hour thirty. Make sure we do fan questions at the top. So keep sending fan questions. We'll keep answering them. I promise they'll be at the the top next week. I didn't have them. At the top of my script, so I did forget about him,
1: but hey, we got him in. We're a little so. tired, so make sure you tweet us. Yeah. At Owen underscore Burke. Yes, sir. And then at Piss Warm Takes right I there. I love it. I love that. Solid solid Twitter handle there so you guys can, yeah. can chase after me. So, yeah, so make sure you all
0: listen. Obviously, episode two of The Mansion is out now. Obviously, you just listened to episode two of The Owen Show. Episode two of One of One comes out tomorrow. And episode two of BDL season two comes out on Friday. So keep it locked. Keep it tuned. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next week.
1: Love you guys.